Hello, everybody. Hope you are all doing well on this beautiful Friday morning here. It's Chad. I'm here with Coach Al and the Godfather Chuck. Now, before we get started today, make sure, if you haven't, you subscribe to the show and follow us on Twitter at Speaking of Sports. We're going to dive right in with the Philly Five today, a couple minutes on the major Philly sports teams. We got some news. So why don't we start with the Sixers today, because there was some big news yesterday that came out, maybe not shocking news. Harden is expected to pick up his $47 million player option for next season. Not really a surprise there. Not sure why he wouldn't do that. But uh, maybe the more surprising part, the Sixers are expected to sign him to a short-term deal. They're saying around two years or so. Not that maybe four- to five-year deal we talked about maybe happening early, you know, a couple months ago. Now a shorter deal. Yeah, the, he, the two-year deal after that, he can opt out to, from the three years he has till June 29th. And they're talking about if he opts and for, signs for the two years, it'll be $50 million a year. So that's the way it stands right now. Why? What, what are they saying? What am I missing? Well, that Harden will be willing – to not go to three years because they want to cut okay. down. But $50 million for sure next year. That's what they're is it No, 47, seven, five this five, year. Right. That's finance guys round up. Yeah. Is it the same James Harden I saw in the playoffs? Is it that guy? It's that guy, but they're going guy? to say he's going to come back 100% healthy. He's in the best oh. shape he's ever been. You know he's not going to age. He's not going to age. He's aged already. Because yeah, <laughs> age has nothing to do with, nor does his nightlife, right? He's, he's not committed to winning. And I, I'll tell you what I think it is. Tell me if you disagree. That's why we have a podcast. It's the end of Joel Embiid. It's the end. There's no way Embiid is encouraged by that news. Not you, only that, we sp- we've spoken before that Embiid might have a two- or three-year thing here, but all the times he's hit the floor and injuries and so forth. So you got to take advantage of when he's in his prime right now. And I don't think it's going to be with Harden. Is it remotely possible, uh, Chad, that the Sixers organization has an eye on moving Embiid for the vast so. amount no. of no, talent he could bring? I don't think they'll move Embiid. I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he is you know, an MVP candidate. He could almost win MVP this year. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, last year, James Harden, yep, he's going to make $47 million player option for next season. Last year, he was the second highest played player in the NBA tied with John Wall who didn't play and next year he's scheduled to remain the second highest paid player in the NBA behind Steph Curry and we're not getting anywhere close to a second player in the league performance there there are uh, like war in in baseball there are efficiency numbers that we won't bore you with in basketball that gets into the, the advanced stats if you take his low efficiency numbers and divide it by his salary, he's by far the most overpaid player in the NBA, and it's not close to the second guy. I've done this math. I mean, it's just absolutely outrageous. One word you won't hear in any of that is it's a bargain. Yeah, it's a bargain. (laughs) Jimmy, what do you think, bud? Well, I think keeping him is the only way they have a chance of winning a championship. They're going to try to go get Bradley Beal, in my opinion, which is going to cost them maxi. Um, but oh. I, I think you, you need a three-headed monster in the you NBA. Well, that's nobody's going to argue that. And Tobias Harris is not that third guy, it's and Maxie's not that third guy at least for the next couple of years. So I think Bradley Beal is on their radar, and I think that's their plan is to have those three guys with with one of those other guards that do shoot 37, 38, 39 percent. Yeah, some vet, that you can live you know, with minimum yeah. deals. 
Yeah. And that's how that's their path to a uh, a championship. Yeah, it never happened. So so the Golden State Warriors just won their fourth title now in eight years since they're on the NBA topic. And and the three guys, yep. They have they have the big three, you know, right there. And they've had them for, for a long time now. And turnovers was a really big reason why the Warriors won. Through five games, the Warriors had 103 points off turnovers, which is, you know, close to 20 points a game. And another reason is Jason Tatum. In the fourth quarter, this is how he performed. This is unbelievable. Fourth quarter, game one, zero points. Two, zero points. Game three, eight points. Game four, three points. Game That's five, five points. No, you're game confused. Six, you're, you're reading Harden's numbers. No, no. Jason Tatum in or the fourth ben quarter. Just phenomenal. I mean, he's been so good all year. And yeah. it, even in the postseason, what we saw him do – against Miami and he comes out and just the fourth quarter just they, they warriors to shut him down well they also have the 10th wonder of the world I, I mean what Curry does in postseason and then he comes off a bad game you know so to speak and everybody's already predicted he want to do the next game because he came off a subpar game he, he just cannot defend the guy Curry was 0 for 5 in Game 5 from yeah. three-point range. Right. And the whole team actually didn't hit a three other than um, that was crazy. Other I than think Wiggins. Top, yeah, Wiggins. And okay. the Warriors still won, which is yeah. phenomenal. That's where I was just going to go. It was a really a coming-out party for Andrew Wiggins. It's, I mean, he was never meant to be that, you know, at Towns, at you know, yeah. Milwaukee and so forth. But he has fit in there so well, knowing that he can be the third or fourth scorer. They didn't realize he could my, he might be their best defensive player now, and he did a job on Tatum, and Tatum come up really lame with the turnovers well, besides a, not being able to shoot. That's a great point, and the reason you have fourth-quarter stats like you do on, on Tatum and many, many other guys they share the fourth quarter. When they uh, ramp up that defensive intensity, Al, I mean, they're already phenomenal athletes, but when they ratchet up that defense, when the game's on the line, the last four minutes – and they're in your grill beyond the arc. And when you go through a ball screen, somebody's already flashed and picked you up. How tough is it in that situation to get free to score? And yet somehow Curry managed to you know, maneuver all that stuff. It hit bottom cord three. It's incredible. You know? There's no one better than Curry. We, we said now, Wiggins yesterday. has been with the club a long time. Isn't Wiggins a new pickup for the uh, – yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he's, he hasn't been there too long. Oh, okay, I thought you said yeah. earlier the big three that, that have been there. For no, that would be Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Curry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. no, I, I, no so, so, some of us follow the NBA more than just the playoffs, but <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Eagles. Yowza. The Eagles yowza. got a. a <laughs> In there's, uh, don't we have a Yowza thing on the board? <laughs> Good one, buddy. <laughs> the Eagles have a new word mark yesterday, which is that's probably funny. a new term for most people. I didn't know what word mark really meant. So, you know, we looked it up. We have it on our, on our screen in front of us here. Uh, basically, they just changed the, 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 the type of wording, like the font, essentially, for the Eagles versus the traditional one where it's kind of curved, arched, uh, has some, like, you know, jagged edges in the top corners. Now it's just a very basic Eagles with a little bit of a cutout in the E's. Um, it looks like they went like they had like a ten year old do it here in uh, in grammar school or something. This is Lori's son's yeah. first job. First right? job, and yeah. he completely butchered it. You, you yeah. know what's scary? There is someone <laughs> in the Eagles organization, marketing that, that or some it. consulting firm that loved that it. just made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year <laughs> to do this. That's yeah. true. And that's that is not, that may be low. That may be cheap. They that's may be cheap. making yeah. two three hundred grand that, that, to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's. Which, 
What do you think about this, Dad? A buck, uh, it's okay. Yeah, 150 was the retainer. <laughs> yeah, that was right? part one. Yeah. I mean, how? Like, this is all they got. It looks terrible. Are we being a bit unfair? Is it that bad? Yeah, it's awful. What? How is this is like inspiring awful? to let's get up and fight? It's the Eagles with a little cutout in the E, like representing a wing. It no. looks so bad. It's so bad. I mean, they're looks, trying to make it look more futuristic. Yeah. In, yeah. And like just looking at it, not if it wasn't the Eagles, yeah, it looks it's cool writing and it's fine. But in terms of the NFL like hype and getting ready to play, it well, looks awful. What I the, the old one is right below it, right? Is yeah, that, the old one's below. So the old one has the extensions gone at least on the left side. Oh, I forget that point. Anyway, do you do you, you don't? Yeah, you're right. Well, don't, the don't old one it. is a logo. This is a word mark. Yeah, a word yeah. mark. It's yeah. a new marketing term that got that person paid a whole bunch of money to do a yeah. whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, it's his kid. When I, you use I, word I, mark, add two or three see, zeros. Here's, here's what I think happened. <laughs> hey, Dad, I, I think, wait till you see this. I think when the all season came, they said, "Hey, they had their think group. They said, "Hey, we need we need this new uh, this new logo writing." And they're like, "Oh, I, someone's like, I got this." The deadline was yesterday. And they forgot about it. They woke up yesterday. They came in. They saw on their calendar, new word mark due. And they said, oh, crap. I don't know what that is. I haven't done it. They typed up Eagles. They removed a little thing. They said, man, here it is. I worked 100 hours on this. Coach, is he a little extra fired up this week? Yeah. And then Julian said, this is fantastic. Dad, you're going to love this. Jimmy, we're waiting for that buzzer because we, we don't need much more in a word. All I got to say is I'm in the wrong business. It's yeah. only 150K right? to get there. Uh, <laughs> we all are. Every, every one least. of us is. <laughs> the Phillies. The last top. Oh, we, don't, we do have to do the Flyers, too. The Phillies here. Listen to this stat. The Phillies have allowed 138 runs in the ninth inning since the start of the 2020 season, which, of course, is the most in baseball. The Reds are second with, with 121, and you never want to be compared with the Reds right now. And with that in mind, it is perhaps not a surprise that the Phillies currently have the fifth most teams losses, sorry, team losses after leading in baseball this year with 15. So 15 games where the team was leading and they blew the game. That's just, it really shows that first stat, the 138 runs, how much they need a just a really strong closer and how much they've hurt not having that guy to rely upon yeah the the team they they didn't think they needed elite level you know a complete shutdown guy and that's it's it's not only been the Achilles heel but it's been the difference in the playoffs um, these stats tell you through six innings the Phillies have been winning a lot of baseball games the last two three years then you look at the ninth inning run production against it doesn't point to anything but uh, a competent bullpen. And this is the fourth year we've gone through. Look at who we signed. Uh, the, the kid from the Mets, uh, familiar. I confuse him with a restaurant. I'm, I'm too familiar with that Yeah, name. too familiar with him, right? And you know when they sign him, he's not the answer. And we spend the first three months just watching, you know, unbelievable poor production and uh, losing games that you should win. And they haven't, to say ignored it, no, they've signed guys. But you knew coming in these were not the right right guys. So I, in that sense, say ignored quality guys. Guys coming in, when you look back on in the back of the baseball card, you saw very impressive numbers and are coming in hot off those numbers. We've signed guys coming in off a of 5.65 ERA. But the year before that and that, he was, he was better. And we're hoping he returns to that. 
level, and and they don't because they're getting older. But that's that's been unbelievable a problem for the last three years. Yeah, with David Robertson a couple of years ago, that was a bad says. break. Yep. Yeah, that was terrible. Man, this guy comes in with ten years right of uh, two point five ERA, and then that breaks breaks down. Um, was, was was there something in in last Sunday's baseball game with Mike Schmidt going on with the bases loaded that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean personally, I I think Schmidt's um, back in the the days that he played and hasn't made the the adjustments. Um, it it's uh, I, I help me out with the uh, situation. I Let, think if I remember correctly, when we were talking about this. There were the bases loaded. Oh yeah, I'm with you, but a I line drive to Boom at third in the first inning. I'm sorry, I sent this to you. Yeah, okay, <laughs> line drive right at him. And Schmidt said, oh, you know, he may have wanted to consider dropping it there. Uh, and every, my phone blew up, you know. 20 people sent me. Do you believe he just said this? The umpires are really good at that. They may miss balls and strikes, but they're really good at that. Yeah, they're never going to allow any type of decoy play. Or, that may work in T-ball for sure and up to triple-A ball in Little League. No, no professional is ever going to drop a line drive intentionally right in front of them, and the runners are going to react to that and take off to get a triple play. And uh, it's not the only thing. Schmidt the week before said it, you know, the, the ball that went out at Citizens Bank, uh, you know, if, if that were at the vet, and, and he, he did understand that the, the vet dimensions were smaller than Citizens. But every week um, he says a few things that are just off the mark. Um, you, you with me on that? Yeah, coach? if you pay attention, there's usually one thing every week. Every yeah. week, yeah, every but week. he's so revered in town and so forth, and this they they just let he, it he go. He could say I the guess. sky is like orange, yeah, or any color, blue. Oh, it's blue. Anything they believe him. <laughs> he could say well, he was abducted the, by aliens. They what? Yeah, they oh wait, him. that was now Dalton. <laughs> if there was one person in the MLB who could get away with intentionally dropping a line drive, though, it would be Alec Bo <laughs> because he can't catch anything. <laughs> so, in Schmitty's defense, if there's one person who can maybe pull it yeah. off, it's Bo. The umpires would huddle and say, well, now he stinks. He's shaky, he, you know. He, he, it might be. He, he drops a bit. It's as if Schmidt hasn't evolved with the game or hasn't watched it in 15 years, you know, to think that the umpires, it was right at him. You know, if you get a backhand, extend it, and you catch it and drop it, you know, there could be some degree of uncertainty. But th this is a ball that's routine. You're never going to ever get away with something like that. And Schmidt has to be more sophisticated. And I'll tell you who else is getting on my nerves is Kruk. And just just all the uh, – anyway, what's, what's I have one thing, thing to say. This is all totally unprepared. It's Chad Durbin who's in there with, uh, with Scott Fransky, right? Now, I like Chad Durbin. He seems like a, a good speaker and stuff. But he really has to stop with commenting on how hard every single ball was hit. I heard a foul ball the other day, and he goes, oh, it's a foul ball hit at 42.1 miles per hour. Chad, no one cares. Yeah. It's a foul ball. Like, unless it's drilled at 105 or 10, like, stop telling us how hard every single ball was hit. It, it would have been 42 miles an hour. That's not remarkable. It would have to be over 110 eh, or even. 
What do you, yeah, what do you yeah, mean? Not 42. 42. No, that's what yeah. he did. That's what Chad Durbin did. That's a foul ball. He goes, it's at a 42.1 miles per hour. Oh, it must have hit the dead end of the back yeah, and that's, just dribbled. It was like a terrible <laughs> – yeah, it's, he's obsessed with telling people how hard every single ball was hit. Listen to it. Well, you know, they have two or three other guys that are rotating besides Durbin too. So Yeah. 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 All right, John Tortorella, new Flyers coach. He's a four-year deal. Most recently was with the Columbus Blue Jackets for six seasons before joining the Flyers here now. He had a lot of success with the Blue Jackets with a record of 227 wins, 166 losses there, making him the winningest coach in franchise history. Coach Al or Jim, the producer, what are you guys, what are your thoughts on this guy? Well, that ain't saying much since Columbus sucked yeah, for really. the entire uh, duration. Of How do you really around. feel, Jim? Um, this is a bad hire. They, they really screwed this one up. They hired an outside firm, according to some sources, to find the best candidates. The best candidate was Trotz. They wanted Trotz. Trotz didn't want them. So they were like, oh, poop. We need to find somebody. So they went and they wanted, I think they wanted Cassidy, but he got snatched up by Vegas. So now they're going with Tortorella, who's, if you look at his superstars that he's coached have all regressed when he got to tampa bay he had a stacked team that's why he won a stanley cup after that lecavier st louis all their stats went down i don't like this hire i think it's going to be a complete disaster it's a four-year deal this team's in a lot of trouble for a long time I think you're right, Jim, but the only thing is you're saying he brought down superstars. Well, that doesn't happen with the Flyers because they don't have don't any have superstars. Any, Bingo. Great. Yeah, only, only one way to go for the Flyers is up. So, I mean. Yeah. I did mention last week about Cassidy, and Jim and I talked before the show that he had he was with the Boston Bruins six straight years in the playoffs, and he would be a hot commodity. And, boy, he got snatched up within a few days. Yeah. There are problems, a six-letter word, and I don't have to say what it is, right? I think talent's talent a six-letter word. Yeah, that's And, and uh, the coach is not going to change that. Better effort. You know, I think some of the players take as an insult. Like, if a guy comes in and screams at us, we're suddenly going to be 20% better. I think their work ethic is probably good. I, I think it's just talent. And no, I think their work ethic sucks. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they don't. I, I should have kept my mouth shut. If you watch some of the games this year, I haven't watched. A test. Yeah. It looked like an AHL team. Okay, well, out there. They then no, that no li- gusto. Then that does leave room then for a hard-nosed coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and look, it's like I said, there's only one way to go. So yeah. if they improve, it's going to look good, but they're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I, they'd have been a little, Jim, Jim, I'm sure you agree, a little bit better if Ellis, who they were looking to pair with, he was hurt all year, and Hayes being hurt two or three times, been a little better, but they still don't have, like you said, any super. I story. have an idea. Why don't we diary this for five years and pick it up in our podcast, <laughs> podcast in 2027? See if they The, the hockey segment <laughs> is the highest rated segment on this show. <laughs> all right? I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, Jim listens from 10 devices at one time to, yeah. get, to get it there. <laughs> Jim, get out. He almost, right? he almost <laughs> sold that. He had a very believable nice, look, right? look at his face. <laughs> yeah. What do we got, Wiz? Let's start with, I'm going to call it topic zero today because I have it under the NFL news and we kind of bounced around. Okay. Tyreek Hill, earlier this week, said that the Dolphins quarterback, where he now plays, Tyreek Hill came from the Chiefs, is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes, the superstar quarterback for the Chiefs. And now the Chiefs are now going to struggle without Hill, and that he was underused in 2021, despite Tyreek Hill having a career-high 111 catches last year. Um, A lot of weird comments coming out here. 
I think Mahomes actually said that he was, or someone in the Chiefs said he was maybe doing it to like promote his podcast, get some ratings, things like that. Look, who who knows? But let's let's look at the numbers. We would never do such a thing. The topic, Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, right. Mahomes <laughs> last year had a sixty-six point three percent completion percentage, and Tua had a sixty-seven. I was shocked right there. Hard stop. I was shocked shocked at that part. It, is, you? it is surprising. You you watched it, yeah, but I think maybe Tua with a lot of shorter looks passes like and school. little rollouts. Yeah, to, yeah I know. But yeah, he looks like a high school there's quarterback. There's way more so. deep attempts for for Mahomes. Given yeah. he had yeah. Tyreek Hill to throw to. Now career, Mahomes is sixty six percent point one, and Tua sixty six point two. They're you know they're dead even. Also shocking. Yeah, for looking at the twenty twenty one quarterback ratings, though, this is where it goes right back to Mahomes. Mahomes is obviously has a higher quarterback rating, a higher career quarterback rating. There is no doubt about that. The last thing to say is in 2021, from a 1 to a 15-yard pass, Mahomes was 69% versus Tua 66, so Mahomes was better at the short passes. And on the long passes, uh, Mahomes was 42%, 15, 15 uh, yards in the air or more. Mahomes was 42% and Tua was 48 But again, Mahomes has more attempts. He's throwing the Tyreek Hill down the field a lot more. But Tua is higher. Tua is higher. Yeah. yeah. Who's got the speed? Who's got the deep threat? Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Well, not now. I, I not found. Now. Not anymore. Yeah, no, but I, I found this whole body of, of evidence here quite shocking. I heard the comment. I scrambled to take a look at the math, and I was very surprised. Uh, I know who I'm taking to build around if I'm starting a team to where. Who are you taking? Well, Mahomes, there's no doubt. Now, And there's a big word, Jim? escapability here. Yeah. Mahomes yeah. might be the best at what, that. What Mahomes can do on that field is it's it's unbelievable. When, I think it was the Super Bowl a couple years ago when he was running. He, I think he ran like. 500 yards or something. I think it was 11 the second entire scramble. Game just running around the field. I mean, yeah. he, the way he maneuvers the field is is something just to marvel at. But them losing Hill this year is going to yeah. be a huge yeah. hit. Yeah, no I doubt. Mean, no he doubt. is the best wide receiver in the league, no, in no, my it's opinion. Insane. Not only that, but with that world-class track speed, that makes everybody just back up a little bit. Because the one thing these guys hate to have happen is, is like a pitcher giving up a grand slam. You know, they'll never forget it, you know. But when they get beat deep, the defensive backs, they really, really hate the op for obvious reasons. But when you get these fast guys, you, you can see it against the Eagles. They just drop back more than they should, and they throw underneath. And I just think the Eagles' corners and safety, I, mean, I always think they play too deep. How soft does the under canopy look against the Eagles all the time, you know? Uh, what you have to hope this year is a little more defensive line help and Redick and other linebackers that they'll be able to put more pressure where they won't have to play off them yeah. as much. Maybe it's they great can point. pinch them a little bit. Yeah. It's a great point. No, that, that's, that's, so there are some really good benefits when you have some speedy receivers out there. We certainly saw it with Deshaun Jackson for a couple of years uh, when he was with the Eagles. So looking ahead or looking – right, That's right perfect on, timing. Right on schedule today. Because that transition that I had was absolutely terrible. didn't make any sense. Looking <laughs> ahead to, to what? Next week's show. So in Wednesday's well, game, Larusa said you made less sense last week. Yeah, well, I don't. I think he, he's not making sense anymore. He's never told a lie either. <laughs> in Wednesday's game against the Rangers, this is really, really something here. The Houston starter Luis Garcia and then the reliever Phil Maton each threw an immaculate inning, which is nine pitches and three strikeouts. So pitcher goes in, nine pitches, three strikeouts. Next inning, nine pitches, three strikeouts. There have only been 106 recorded immaculate innings in Major League history, and Wednesday was the first time there have been two on the same day. And I'm blown away by that, too, with all the great pitching, and I know that's very difficult. But when you think it, 
it's Nolan happened. Ryan, Seaver, somebody yeah. in there. Right. I've seen guys getting grooving, strike out the side, bam, bam, bam. You think it's happening yeah, a lot. Yeah, strike out the side. I yeah. think when they're 0-2, that through. next yeah. pitch isn't – it's a waste pitch a lot of times. They're yeah. trying to throw something low and away, you know, up in. It's something they can't hit. Yes, and I appreciate the utter scarcity of it, Wiz. It's just phenomenal there to think of how that actually happened. And it was funny. When it happened, Gar- uh, Garcia, like, they didn't even know. He said, I was talking to the guys in the dugout, and everyone erupted. And That's Garcia funny. Goes, what happened? What happened, he said. What I do? Now, <laughs> the Phillies this year might have had some innings where three <laughs> <Yeah>. batters <laughs> with 12 balls in a row. Is that being this conversation? <laughs> yeah. It should be. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, I was remiss not to bring it up about the bullpens. They've thrown strikes the last four years. Can't get guys to consistently come in and throw strikes. You know, you have a two-run lead, you walk the first two guys. And you're like, how do you do it anyway? You know, it's so cool to see how quickly a you know pro sports react to things. By the time that game was over, both pitchers had the baseballs mm-hmm. from their immaculate innings in their lockers with the authentication stickers right on them. I mean, the MLB doesn't waste any time. That's just so cool how they <laughs> yeah. get that tuned up and ready to go in just you know a handful of minutes. They have everything totally finalized and right ready there. Because of those authenticators, you were able to get the ball from A-Rod. That was the yes. guy sitting there, and they gave it to the usher. Yeah, that was awesome. That was the authenticator. So this is another really cool topic here. MLB prospect, Herangelo Saintcha. Oh, good luck with that name. Yeah, it's a tough sure. one. You, Very didn't, nice. you didn't give that to me. Close either. enough. I think I yeah. got it. I did good. listen to some videos. I'm pretty sure that they actually call him Low. <laughs> Her first name, Herangelo, they just call him Low. That's what I'm the good news is now our listeners, won't, I don't think we'll know any difference yeah. on this. Yeah. So he's a high schooler. He's a switch pitcher from Florida. He naturally throws left-handed, but because this guy is so talented, he also throws right-handed. And apparently, he has even better stuff as a righty. Crazy. So a couple days ago, he's in a prospect game. He struck out five of the six hitters he faced in the third inning. Two as a lefty, three as a righty, and then give up. he did give up one walk uh, as a lefty. Now, as a righty, his fastball has ranged from 94 to 96. Now, he's in high school. And as a lefty, it's 88 to 92. I mean, that's just phenomenal right there to have that much speed and power, be able to do it from both sides, and he's in high school. Started six years old, huh? Yeah. He started throwing right-handed at six years old. Because Sorry, he, bud. He wanted to, you know, to, to copy his father, who played professionally in the Netherlands, and he liked wearing his dad's gloves. So he said, hey, what the hell? Let me throw right-handed. And then he, uh, his dad actually hammered nails into baseballs and had Lowe throw at a tire to try to get the ball to stick which was a drill designed to improve your accuracy. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, he just, he's just going to a whole other level now. I mean, he, ga- he, he, now he did gain some notoriety in uh, 2016. He played, he pitched for uh, uh, Caraco in the 2016 Little League World Series. Here he is now, 2022, a couple years later. Sounds like he's definitely going to be a early round draft pick. I think they're saying first five to ten rounds or so. And, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. I mean, you're really hoping the best, but it's so hard. He still has to pitch. You still have to pitch. You know, the fact you throw from both uh, hands means you get beat from both. I mean, he has to pitch. That's the hard part. Well, the cobwebs in the back just woke up a little bit. In the 1950s, the Little League World Series, and we all know that Delaware Township, even though the plaque up there says where it's real because of the post office box, Mexico City had a kid named Angel Mejias, and he threw left-handed and he threw right-handed. Did it? Yeah, yes, sir. The most shocking thing about this story is that there's professional <laughs> baseball in the Netherlands. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know that either. I didn't know that. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Anyway, good luck to uh, 
Durango Salanti. But real quick, there was there was another pitcher who pitched with both hands. There's a video on YouTube, and now mm-hmm. there's a rule in place where you have to declare what you're pitching. Right. Yes. Because they kept going back and forth. Yes. Because they went up against a switch hitter. Right. And they kept going yeah. back and forth. Yeah, so that was a couple of years ago. The pitcher was hovering off. You, you can't be on the rubber. Once you get on the rubber, you can't switch gloves. Right. And so he was standing off of the rubber, and the batter, once you get in the box, you can't switch sides. So they were both staring at each other, waiting for someone to make a move. It was, it's hilarious. It was hilarious. It's a good video to check out. I feel like Schmitty today. You guys really don't need me. It's a good video to check out. <laughs> now, staying on the topic of pitchers, and this one this one is so, so tough to share. Miles Michaelis, Cardinals pitcher. He lost a no-hitter with two outs and two strikes in the ninth inning against the Pirates on Tuesday. Now, honestly, watching the replay of this, it's, it really is devastating uh, as a Cardinals fan and really just a baseball fan in general. St. Louis was home. It's a 2-2 count. The entire, the entire stadium is on their feet and going crazy. He throws, in my opinion, what is a very terrific curveball to a lefty in the bottom right corner. So it's a nasty curveball, low and away, and it was dropping like crazy. And rookie Cal Mitchell hits a line drive like 380 or 90 feet to dead center. That was just out of reach of the center fielder. Now, Cal is 23 years old. He's hitting 222 right now. But, I mean, he just willed this. He just said, this guy is not no-hitting me as a rookie. I'm not letting this happen. And so really, really tough one. And it's a re- But the whole story, the really the big story is on Miles Michaelis. I mean, this guy earlier in the day, he's someone that 99% of people have never heard of. In fact, uh, he, he was a doubleheader that day. He spent the morning walking his kids around the aquarium That's in downtown funny. St. Louis. He had his five-year-old strapped to his chest in a child carrier. <laughs> and I would say maybe, like, probably no one knew, knew who this guy was. Yeah, no, for sure. And his story, though, was even better. He's 33 years old. Oh, is he 33? And a wow. lot of people probably haven't heard of this guy. Who, who does this research? What so from, from 2012 to 2014, he had a 5.3 ERA in baseball in the MLB, and he left. He left the MLB for three years from 2015 to 17 to play in Japan, where he killed it. He had a 2.18 he ERA. He did kill it. So he came back to the MLB. He returned at 29 years old. Good start. And he led the league in wins in 2018 and finished six in Cy Young. And now, you know, he's here almost on a no-hitter. He's having a really, really good year. And he's a great comeback story. His career looked over. He went Certainly to Japan. Is. I'm sure he made good money, but that's not the MLB. Yeah, he didn't get faster. He learned how to pitch. Yeah, he learned how to pitch. He how he's to pitch. 33, and he's still doing great. It's amazing. I saw the replay on the late sports of that, and there was probably four plays during that game that yeah. they really made some great plays behind him. And that ball coming off a of line drive, the center fielder was playing normal. I mean, it was hit so quick, and it may be three or four feet over his yeah. glove, whatever, yeah. but it's a lot better. I mean, if it had dropped in front of him, they're saying, well, you, you know, yeah. whatever. So it's, you can't win. It, it was legit. Look, in my opinion, if you're going to get beat on a no-hitter, you want it to be a, a good, yeah. legitimate hit. You yeah. don't want it to be, you know, something silly that happened, you know, a flare hit. You want it to be a legitimate hit, and, and Cal had a very legitimate hit here. Uh, Tyler again, Anderson for ball, the Dodgers also had a no-hitter this week into the ninth. And then last week on our podcast, we talked about back-to-back Yankee efforts that were almost no-hitter perfect games. We, we talk about how tough it is to hit a baseball and how much better each year the pitching is getting not faster, better, better spin rates, better control. You look at the numbers, uh, career numbers on guys that were good five years ago, and we have this these documents, and you see that they're – incorporating more sliders now, sinkers, stuff like that, as they adjust and learn with analytics more about the game. The the tough pitchers are just getting tougher, it seems like, 
every month, every year, hitting a baseball in the major leagues is ridiculous. Chuck, last week we did have a thing about you mentioned the old Dodgers with Sandy Koufax oh, and Drysdale. You said, Al, oh, what were the other two? Yeah. So uh, the old guy checked them out, and we know their names, Claude Osteen, Osteen. and Johnny Padres. And they had a great reliever named Ron Peronowski. Ron Peronowski. I, sh- I should have got the t- two other starters at 60 years old. I remember them well. But uh, if, yeah. you, if you haven't checked this out, this is something pretty cool. The RBC Canadian Open, which is a golf tournament, concluded last week. And some very lucky fans were able to watch the tournament from 100 crazy. feet in the air. Yeah. They're called skyline seats where fans are strapped Anybody to a floating table will be able for to see 30 minutes and they're raised 10 stories up in the air, overlooking the first and 18th hole. You have to look at the picture, because it looks something that's out of a movie. It looks like they're hoisted up by like a giant crane here. That's what it sitting is. Sitting on a golf course, lo- overlooking it. I mean, it's gorgeous. I'm not trusting that thing. Oh, it's a little nerve-wracking, but I would love to do it. Imagine yeah. being the f- at the first and 18th hole, like the best spots you can be to watch guys hit those beautiful <sighs> shots. Man. But what if you have to go to the bathroom? Yeah, the, you can't. You were, that's mine. They, they give out diapers. Is it wrong? That's the first yeah. thing I think of. Yeah. Like, what if I have to go to the bathroom? Yeah, they, they, is it raining? Now? Yeah. What's gotta, the forecast? They're gonna drop the crane. Yeah. yeah. Large cups. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder for what emergency their protocols will they lower the bucket on this thing? Right. You know, there's some built-in, right? But not for that. Yeah. I I just would have a hard time ever relaxing being that high, held up by a crane uh, hoist. Boy, that looks discomforting. But uh, it is scary. But I, look it up. Look up RBC Canadian Open, yeah. and then just type in like unique view. I think that'll pull up the article. We'll put the video. We'll put yeah. it on the video. Put it up, and yeah. you will see this just really, really fantastic skyline. Ten, ten stories awesome. up. It's got to be great. The great way to watch golf. It you must know, be because you always lose the vantage point when you watch golf, yeah. right? Al, you watch more than anybody I know, and. They have their tee shot, and they'll hit it 360 yards, but you lose perspective because the ball's in the air, and you can't really tell. You don't watch it coming at you. You don't have an aerial view. So if you're in this bucket, you're really getting the, oh, yeah. f- the, f- the whole thing, it's the whole Monty there. Yeah. Sure. Don't chat if I'm missing in action, bud. Don't come looking for me don't, in this don't bu- go in bucket. There. No, I won't. And by be the way, before we get off the golf, Mr. Mickelson hit a s- shot a smooth seventy-eight yesterday, eight over. Filled it at where at the uh, LIV tournament? Ooh, yeah, at the Open. Oh, the Open. Open. Oh, okay, he had seventy-eight. I don't a know where sarcasm at now. There, I, I saw buddy. a video today of Phil missing like six putts in a row. I don't know if that was. He's lost a few pounds. Or, he's yeah. got a beard. The beard looks like he's incognito. How we doing time-wise there, producer? We're good? Our, our last topic here today, we're going to go back to the Phillies. Something we haven't touched on a ton this year are actually their reliever stats. And since the Phillies have been hot, they had a good winning streak. I want to touch on some of the guys who've been hot recently. So just looking at the entire scope of the entire season, the best relievers this far, without a doubt, Sir Anthony Dominguez. He has a 1.88 ERA in 24 innings. Brad Hand, the lefty, 1.96 ERA in 18 innings. And Connor Brogdon, when he's been there, 2.35 ERA in 15 innings. Pretty good performance by those three guys. Once you get done those three, it really falls apart, and you can just have your pick because none of the numbers are good at that point. Yeah, but I, I find this to be camouflage for the real problem. Um, if you put all the, the group in and the other guys outside of the main five that they use, you know, um, the numbers are just atrocious. But... If you, if you look at this, you'd think the Phillies have a pretty good bullpen. Well, 
No, I mean, it's these are three great. Guys. These, yeah, they don't have a closer. Three, their, their closer's not three, in there. Three guys can get you there. And these are outrageously Those good three numbers. Guys are very good. Tell yeah. you what, they don't have either. Yeah, check your math. I think they only have the one left-hander hand. Yeah, I mean, everybody we play has at least three left-handers out yeah. there, and yeah. it really makes a difference later on. Yeah, in the game. yeah, it does. And I'm not sure if he's the only one. I'll check on that. But that's that's a good point. If it if it is, then that that really is a limitation. And you know, get him to throw strikes at the right time. I mean, that that always doesn't show Familia's up. Familia is still throwing 96, 97, but location, location, and you know, when they start off, how many innings did they start off later on eighth or ninth inning with a walk? walk. It changes the whole. And that's been an Achilles heel for four years in the bullpen, too. Same thing. Why do guys come to the Phillies and lose their ability to throw strikes in the bullpen? These relievers need to watch Jamie Moore. Go watch his old old videos of him just lobbing it in there for today's standards, but locating. It's all about location. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Maddox for the, for the Braves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The last 14 days, there's been some really hot hitters, and you know, no surprise here. Harper's right up there. He's hitting 360 the last 14 days. I don't think we're gonna see any 14 day spam where he's not doing good because he's just been on fire ever since the second half of last year started. Hoskins, though, very streaky hitter for the Phillies. 365 the past 14 days, with a 789 slug, 19 hits in 13 games, and in our favorite guy, Kyle <laughs> Schwarber. 286 batting average from the leadoff spot, 735 slug, 14 hits in the past 13 games. Why is his OPS only 800? I'm going to stump the I think panel. It's like 820. I'm going to stump the panel of experts, viewers. Watch this. What's missing still with him? Two things. Well, his batting average for one. He's okay, like so what's that mean? What's that translate to? He's not putting the ball in play. He's he won't out. put the ball in play when you need him to, okay? Yes. And you know what he does selfishly? And I've had this conversation with a couple high level baseball players he swings always for one thing out the home run so he'll get his share and look and do your research and, and listeners viewers do your research try to find out how many you know superstar home run hitters have a two to one ratio on home runs to doubles. doubles oh doubles okay because when you hit home runs you hit doubles not him I believe his career numbers are like a buck seventy-five home runs against sixty-eight doubles. Probably, yeah. I mean, Kyle Schwarber. That's all he does he is strike, swing for the downs. He strikes out or hits a home run, and that's, that's why him. he strikes out or one walks. third of his at bats. He's not or reliable, walks. and you know what? All but four of his home runs haven't meant a damn thing. So, well, that's because he's in the leadoff position. He's batting hit himself half the time. If he's gonna hit, he's gonna yeah. hit forty home runs this year. Yeah. Then put him in the three or four spot. I mean, look at. Aaron Judge is 25 home runs this year. He doesn't bat leadoff. Alonzo for the Mets. Austin Riley for the Braves. Mike Trout. All have 18 home runs. None of those guys bat leadoff. The only other home run leader this year is Byron Buxton for the Twins, and he does bat leadoff. He has, eight, he has 18 home runs too, but he's got some speed. You can maybe defend it a little more. There is no reason. Schwarber is going to hit 40 home runs. Yeah. Put him two, three, but let's, or four, let's or five. A, let's or really let's examine that four. under the current situation with Segura out. Yeah, exactly. So, who is your leadoff hitter? I mean, you don't, you just don't have one. Yeah, no, it one, is tough. Right? With Segura out, it, got, it it does become a lot tougher. You can't put the burn on out, Bob. You're gonna melt the guy. Uh, he's you, already you dry. And he's already dry. He's been. Oh man, that's he's forgotten. Really Susan. struggled. So it is. Look, it is a really Be, tough spot. Because, they don't have a true leadoff hitter because right now. when you had Segura, and you have a Hoshin, I I knew that Reese would come along. He does every year. I mean, look at his career numbers on on base and OPS. Okay, so. If you had a chance for Schwarber to protect Harper, that's a great situation because they got to pitch to Harper a little bit more 
if you got a guy in back, you like short, we're hitting all these home runs. Great protection for Harper in the four spot. You got to find your, you know, your one and two. Of course, Skira's out right now, but you know he's he's he swings for the downs every time. It's selfish if other players did it. They would increase their home run production too. It's not that I'm out to always be against the guy, but I watch his at bats and I see his career numbers. And when a guy's doing that good, and you say, "Oh, his OPS must be like nine fifty or a thousand. Yeah, it's seven eighty five to start the week. All right, here, here's what I think. If, okay. ha- if I had to, obviously Segura, I was very adamant he should be our leadoff hitter. With him injured now, we have to look elsewhere. I still don't think it should be Schwarber because he is such an elite power hitter on this team, and really in the MLB, he's going to have forty home runs this year. So you're going to say in Reese? In my opinion, it's 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 actually I have three options. Okay. You could do Reese. He's got a three thirty five on base, and he's hitting two fifty. That's, that's and not I terrible. I think career three sixty on base. Uh, a double who's got a 280 average, but only a 313 on base. He gets you some speed back there. Or Didi. Didi's hitting 300. He's got a 360 on base right now. Only 100 plate appearances. But he's been really hot when he's been here. He's been a lot more reliable. He I think he's 100% healthy for the I first would say time. ride it. Put him at, put him, put Didi in leadoff while he's doing this good. Yeah. And then you know put your power guys behind. That's called dilute the hot hand. If he's hot right now. We'll dilute you, and if not, you'll be great. Might as well. And Put him up and there. If he's hitting there in leadoff, and he has Schwarber and Harper behind him, that's a lot of protection right that's there. That's a lot of Pitchers protection. Pitchers don't want those guys on base when they're hitting yeah. that many home runs. When that lineup rolls over, and you're you're bringing the relief guys, now you got a troublesome situation. Yeah. Well, I had a, they had an interview last week with Nola after a game, and you know how quiet he is, and so forth. And they talked about Hoskins, and Hoskins has been on fire, and. Nola said, yeah, well, I'm used to Reese having game-winning hit. And all of a sudden, the stat came on. That was his first walk-off hit. Uh, that surprised are the you heck gonna, out of me. Are you going to turn us into your rant? Because it's rant time. You hear the music? Go, buddy. Ran away. What well, do you got? rant might be Aaron. <laughs> I know you're a quiet dude and all that stuff, whatever. But you can't say, Reese, you know, you're used to having him hit, uh, you know, game-winning performances type thing. But he... And they said right after that, back in the studio, that it was the first time it sort of, you know, two minutes after he made that statement. But get back to the rant with Schmitty. You're 100% right with that. And we've noticed, and I've noticed, on those Sunday afternoon games, saying things. And I think the people he's working with don't say anything because it's Schmitty. Yeah, I agree. I want to keep it short. You know, the knock on Phillies fans compared to Eagles fans, you know, goes on and on and on. You're comparing, you know, Eight or nine home events, attendance-wise, to to eighty-one. That's a joke in and of itself. Philly fans have always been loyal. Look at the years they sold the stadium out, and you have people like Gaskin say, "Oh, there were three thousand people in this day, fledged whatever." I think the attendance is up ten thousand uh, per game so far this year to twenty-eight thousand. That's admirable. That's very impressive. And if they continue to win, uh, they'll come. They'll be way more than twenty-eight thousand. Philly fans have always been loyal, always supported the team. There, there really is no drop-off, but what they don't support is poor performance. That's my rant. Yeah, well, I like it. Well, I don't have a rant this week, so I'll close us up. Oh, I got a rant. Oh, Jimmy, Jim's got one. Substitute right, pinch hitter rant. Go, Bob. Flyers. Oh, my Lord. Flyers. Why are they going with retread coaches? I mean, they paid an outside company God knows how much money to say – Barry Trotz is your guy, and we couldn't get him. So they said, okay, we'll just get the next best guy. Go with a young guy. Go with somebody unproven. Go with somebody who can grow with these young players. Look at John Cooper in Tampa. 
He started. He was right out of the AHL. Now look at him. Best coach in the league. He's going to have possibly three cups in a row. But Jim, the opposite of that is, how about Dave Hextel? Doesn't matter. Well, yeah. They I mean, have the talent. You, you swing and miss, obviously. But, I mean, you, you got to take a shot. There's plenty of young guys out there that Oof. deserve the shot. Bad move by the Flyers. I'm a huge fan. Very disappointed. Before we close, the Phillies make the playoffs, Jimbo? I actually bet them to win the division. Al? Coach? I don't think so. I think Don't think so? No. Okay. I'm a no because they're chasing one team, Atlanta. And what nobody wants to say is that only the Phillies could win nine straight and lose ground because Atlanta's at 14 now and still counting. So that kind of just offsets the Phillies' great well, got the wild card. gains. It's going to be San Francisco, San Diego, and the Dodgers. We're only three games behind San Francisco. I got it. They'll get better. They'll well, get the better. The Phillies are getting better, though, too. Don't, don't. I think the Phillies do make the playoffs. Well, the one good news is we didn't talk about it. We had it ready for today. We'll do it next week because how easy the schedule is. We have, we have that data. Yeah. And even though they play more games away, I'm doing this from memory now, they play the uh, Nats, I believe, 17 more times, and the uh, Marlins, which I know have given them fits. But I'd still rather play them than not, like, like 14 their schedule really is unbelievably easy. So if they beat the, the bad teams, they they make the playoffs, no yeah. doubt about it. We'll, we'll see. I mean, Atlanta is currently on a 14-game win streak, which is, you know, obviously long as in baseball. That kills that's you. It, it, it is tough to compete with that. But, all right, so that's that's the show here today. want to wish everyone, all the dads out there, a happy Father's indeed, Day. Indeed, indeed. That's coming up this Sunday here. So if you haven't got a gift, make sure you get one, people, for all your dads out there and stuff. And then uh, make sure to follow hell? us. Speaking of sports podcasts, our handle is speak uh, underscore of underscore sports on Twitter. Reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. Our email, speaking of sports pod at Gmail. And our website, speaking of sports pod dot com. 609-828-5569. If you want to talk to me directly, love to get you on the show. Hear your sentiments, questions, ideas. Uh, we're always about improving and, and answering your questions. So get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you. Let me throw this in then. I had dinner last night with Beth Mowens. For you folks that don't know Beth Mowens, she's a well-renowned. She did, uh, just got finished the NCAA girls tournament. She does all the play-by-play. She does basketball, football, and so forth. And got a personal commitment from her that she will come on. So uh, we're going to try and get the word out, especially maybe to more of a female audience because she really knows her stuff and really a neat person and down also, to earth. And, and uh, by the way, that's a subject we – it wasn't intentional, but we should be covering the World Series and, and how impressive Oklahoma was, and I look forward to having her on. Beth, be terrific. Yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, that's everyone, for listening. Hope everyone has a great day. Enjoy your weekend.